Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 74 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be to meet the people that make theater happen. If you're a theater professional or you know of any, make sure you or they go to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free theater professional profile. Just takes an email address. Like I said, it's absolutely free. Just go to curtaincallonline.com and sign up today. Uh, If you're not a theater professional but you want to get news stories, browse our theater bookstore, or just go down a rabbit hole of theater performers on our database. Uh, Just, it's growing daily, by the way. Just just go to curtaincallonline.com. I'll keep saying it. And have a look. And now for this week's podcast. Uh, Well, it has been all change over the Donmar Warehouse over the last few days. Uh, To begin with, Josie Rourke and Kate Packenham, the artistic director and executive producer, respectively, uh, both stepped down or announced that they are stepping down uh, in 2018, later on this year, and 2019 for Josie. Uh, Josie and Kate were the first female partnership to run a London theater, and uh, it'll be over six years of collaboration that saw great successes such as The Vote uh, and the Shakespeare trilogy starring Harriet Walter being more recent successes. And in the last 24 hours, as this episode drops, Alistair Coomer, the Donmar Warehouse's casting director, is heading for pastures new across the river over to the South Bank to become the new head of casting at the National Theatre, no less. He will be replacing Wendy Spawn, who has held that position for more than 11 years, recently casting Network and Follies, both huge hits. Now, um, we don't really do this, but... um, I thought I would take you back to a chat we posted in an earlier podcast where Alistair was joined by casting director Jenny Schiller as we talked to uh, me- both members of the Casting Directors Guild. Uh, they were joined by the um, one of the administrators there, Sophie Hallett. Um, so for those of you new to the podcast, enjoy this chat. It's a great one. Uh, for those of you who have been around a while, I am happy to reacquaint you with Alistair as he heads to the National. Have a listen. If uh, if we start, Sophie, with you um, telling me about the Casting Directors Guild and the role that it plays, not just for the industry, but in its specific um, organization, specifically looking after the casting directors and, and who are the members of that specific guild? 
the CDG has got, got a really quite lovely story actually because um, if we were our anniversary will be 20 years this November and um, it, it, it was basically a group of senior casting directors from all different areas of our industry got together 20 years ago and said we need an organisation and um, to look after us we don't have anything and um, about I think about six or seven of them I could give you all their names but I know some of them I better not just met <laughs> um, and uh, yeah and they, they got together and, and it came from there and it's grown and grown and grown and um, I think it's I think it's an amazing story that it just shows when you the, the power of people mm. getting together and what, what they can create because now we are you know we are regularly asked for our opinion on things and which are you know within in the press you know people want to hear what we think and um you know every, different areas of casting and so on so um yeah it's pretty pretty special i think that they've what they what they those group of people what they managed to achieve yeah and the, and the group the group works to support the members and the membership so by sharing that advice with the more experienced members and the younger members it's a way of encouraging best practice yeah. between um uh, through all, with all casting directors and also we support each other when things are go wrong when uh, there are problems over payments or um, poor employers or difficulties that members might have there's a support network in place so um it works for it works in that way too and i think you know we've all benefited from at different mm-hmm. points from the the support of the, all the other members in, within the guild it's also great that we get to meet because one of the things that casting directors don't really do is meet each other because yeah. we tend to uh-huh. work in little pockets. Yeah. And so apart from bumping into people at the theatre, which one does, obviously, um, it's, a, it's a good way of us actually seeing who everybody else is. Yeah. And yeah. cross uh, fertilisation across the genres as well, as the media, because we tend to work in our own little media exactly. pockets. Yeah. yeah, and it is because it is a, a, literally across all... Yes. Media, you know, yeah. TV, film, and commercials, musical theatre, shorts, yeah, musical theatre, straight plays. And, and how important is is the CDG label, you know, behind name after name? Because I mean, guilds you see it with well, cinematographers or yeah. you know, um, any kind of uh, specific skill set that kind of somebody has worked their way up and, and kind of are now that respected thing that the CDG is, you know, yeah, labels. We have quite some quite strong um, sort of rules about the amount of time that you've been practising and you have to be nominated by four other members to join the CDG. So it's, it's, not, it's not an easy group to join. And that mark is really, a, a, it's a mark for us, but it's also a mark to the industry at large of excellence, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does mean something. I mean, we are still the, the only craft um, single-line credit on film that isn't recognised at the Oscars or the BAFTAs, which we are pushing really hard for. Um, we're not recognised at the Olivier's, um, again, on, as a sort of single-line main creative role. Yes, casting is a slightly newer craft in a formal sense, um, so it's we do use the CDG label very much as a as a way of promoting um, what casting directors do within the process, and um, uh, it's it's hidden for a good reason, which is you're not supposed to talk about the casting when you when you yeah. see a thing. But as we know, we do just as much work, if not more, at times as uh, than all of the the principal creatives on a show or on a film. Mm. You know, in 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 that regards, if we can kind of. Move it on from CG to, to personally, like how 
um, how you kind of approach, uh, Alisha, how you approach different projects. You know, what, do you get the script? Does it come straight in, and and, um, and then you make the suggestions? And it depends on the it depends on the project. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of Shakespeare, so I started at the RSC. So I've done uh, most of Shakespeare's plays over the years, and some of them several times. So with that, I obviously have pretty clear views about what I think about quite a lot of those parts and plays but it's very much up to the director what their take would be and obviously sometimes the director will have a very clear take on a play and what they are looking for so uh, so there's that version of it and then you get a brand new script which perhaps you don't even understand very well and you need the director's help to uh, explain what they're looking for what you know the balance is on any particular um, uh, production um, I will usually go away and then produce quite long lists, um, very wide-ranging kind of brainstorming kind of lists, uh, not leaving anybody out, including sometimes you know people who I know aren't going to be right or aren't going to be free. Um, but because saying one name can sometimes lead you to think about something else. So I, I tend to be very broad in my initial search or thoughts and then you meet with the director and you go through and you say well this person is the right kind of person for this reason and that might lead you on to think about somebody else or those people aren't quite right for another reason whether it's because they're sometimes very basic things like that they're too old or they're too young or they're too whatever Um, but then you narrow your thoughts and then of course they're practically narrowed by who is available who is willing um and what's the right casting? I mean, mm. right, the right casting is quite a—it's quite a big subject of itself at the moment, especially within the the diversity debate. And that's probably a slightly—we might move on to that, but yeah. not quite yet. But that's sort of sort of how I work. Yeah, and just can I, the, so you know the right casting because you you must have in mind because uh, you've been you've, you've done enough casting where you know who works well with other people. So are you thinking about that as? like putting together a team almost from the beginning? I mean, obviously you work with a director. That's hard to think about putting putting together a team at the beginning when you have a blank piece of paper, as it were, because you need to get one person fixed. I mean, you can say actor A would work brilliantly with actor B, but Mm. if actor A isn't free, then that's sort of not relevant. And sometimes you just need, especially in those plays where you've got very strong partnerships, I don't know, who's Freddie Virginia Wolf springs to mind as a George and Martha You know, you you're always going to want to get a pair of actors there who work very well together. Um, but sometimes you still have to get one person fixed before you can. So you, you shove out two offers of people that would work well together. But if one of them says no, and the other says yes, then you're going to match them to the person who said mm-hmm. yes. But you need a fixed point. Yeah. So that makes sense. You you can't. I I don't think. Or I think it's very hard to say. Yeah. So you're putting together or start with the idea of putting together yeah. a team because it's such a sort of you're nailing jelly to a wall to start with yeah. I mean I, I have a slightly different approach actually which is I I, mean, I think a casting director where I do agree with Ginny is that a casting director is a resource for the director the question is you know who casts the show well it's really the director who casts the show and it's the casting director who facilitates that process mm. and supports it with, with knowledge um, I, I mean I'm in a slightly different position mostly um, when I'm not doing freelance stuff, we, I'm in-house at a theatre company, yeah. so I'm um, very, very involved in the programming of the theatre. I mean, 50%, 60% of my job is programming, and a lot of the programming at the Donmar revolves around casting. But I do think very hard about 
I mean, one of our, you have to be quite a chameleon as a casting director because you have to work with different directors and they have a very different approach to casting, to directing actors. And it's sort of our job, I think, to learn the taste of that director very quickly if you haven't worked with them already. And if you have worked with them before, to understand what sort of actor they will enjoy, what type of company it would need to feel like. And um, I think... uh, you know, I think about Arturo Ui, which I did at the beginning of the year. I, I had thought very strongly about what that company should feel like as in terms of style of actor, because it was quite a sort of hyper-real, very large-scale sort of style. So I thought a lot about the skills of those actors. So I think, um, particularly on an ensemble piece, I might start thinking about what will this show feel like in terms of the actors um, and will they all get on with that director? I think that's absolutely... I mean, I completely agree with you. I think that the style of the production will inform who goes on the list. Yeah. But I just mean in terms of, you know, will uh, will the actors get on? That can be a hard thing to predict yeah. too early in the in the process. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know... We always ask origin stories for people as well. How, uh, how did you get into casting and... and uh, and, and so as well, how did you get involved? Like, what, the, the backgrounds are always fascinating because people come to um, people come to acting from different ways. People come into stage management, and, and, and so how? I mean, I spoke about Jess earlier. I was on stage with Jess in our first show, um, Elvis the Musical, and and then you know I discovered later she's now casting. You know, she's casting. And I, it's, it was interesting to hear her her journey, which was very circuitous. I mean, now you're part of that journey of her journey. So. How did how did you get into your into your industry? Uh, I I when I was at university, I always thought I might quite want to be an actor, and luckily realised that I wasn't terribly good at it. <laughs> so, but I knew I wanted to come into the industry somehow creatively. I was never going to be a director, so I spent quite a long time sort of wittering about, and then I. Um, got a job with Jill Freud working at Southworld doing everything from making the beds and doing the marketing and running the bar and doing a bit of casting Um, I then sideways got a job for Comic Relief doing Red Nose Day 20 years ago for six months I was assistant to Kevin Carhill and through that did a bit of what they call celebrity liaison so I got to know some of the uh, agents um, through that and then my old friend uh, she rest in peace, um, Carrie Hilton, who I was actually at university with. She was leaving the RSC, as was Kate Bryden at that point. Um, Kate's now gone off to be a very posh agent. And so Maggie Lunn, may she mm-hmm. rest in peace also, uh, was looking for um, some new people. And Carrie introduced me to Maggie. And so I joined the RSC as a casting secretary, the lowest of the low. Because I'd also I always had a huge interest in Shakespeare, and I did not did an MA at, um, at university and all of that, and so that was how I got into it. And and it was sort of the perfect marriage for me of uh, a certain amount of sort of academic stuff, the the the, un, the Shakespeare understanding stuff, which I loved. Um, quite good at the admin, so that played to that. But it also allows for some creativity. Uh, and thinking outside the box and, and people skills and all of that. So, so I stayed at the RSC for nearly five years and then went pretty much. Branched out. Yeah. 
Uh, what was your journey like? Um, I did a lot of acting at school, and I was the MC in cabaret in my final year at school. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was, I was. I think it'd be brilliant. I was so. I was. I was so good. <laughs> I realised that it would never get any better than that. <laughs> so I, I, I started directing stuff at university and I, and I went to Lambda and did the director's course there um, and um, tried to get bits of work in um, as, a, as a, an assistant director and was sort of embarking on that career and really after five years of university and drama school like so many people I just had no money left so I was temping, I was working for a property developer in Paddington and being quite miserable and um, a friend, uh, their agent was going on maternity leave, and uh, so I still went for that job, didn't get it, but then I thought, well, I'll try and get into an agency, and I worked for Rossmore for three years, and then the job came up as casting assistant at the National Theatre, again, the lowest job in that department, and was really lucky um, to be hired by Serena Hill there, um, and then I worked with Toby Whale and then with um, Wendy Spawn, so mm. three brilliant casting directors who all taught me a huge amount. Um, so I was very fortunate in that I ended up in a very in a brilliant place, brilliant department, a brilliant brilliant training, um, and owe everything to them really. Um, but I did. Uh, um, I was the assistant at the national and then the deputy head of casting, um, and then Wendy was on sabbatical, so I did. I was head of department for a little while. And um, in that time, I worked with Josie Rourke a lot, um, uh, both at the National and uh, Show for the West End. And she asked me to come to the Donmar when she started running mm. the Donmar. So uh, that, that was 10 years at the National and then five years now at the Donmar. So that's my. And you still trick. look about 12 years old. Thank you <laughs> very much. Sophie, <laughs> 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 I mean, this is listening to these two stories. They're two completely different stories. I mean, mm. do you find a lot of your members you kind of have that that story of they've come in from maybe a different angle? They haven't said, mm. I'm going to be a casting director. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone say, I'm going to be a casting director. I think most... All the stories I've ever heard, and I've sat and listened, I love hearing <laughs> It's just beginning stories. to happen yeah. now, where yeah. I'm getting letters... Yeah, from people yeah, who are coming yeah, out of university yeah. saying, I want to be in casting, to be in casting. Yeah. how do we do it? I'm, it's I'm, only, I'm getting <coughs> endless emails yeah. now. Oh, yeah, really? I've, <laughs> I've noticed a change in the last five years of people writing to me saying, I want to be a casting director, can you help me get into casting? Yeah. I mean, what would your advice be to those people? Because, because your yeah. It's on the website. So... There is a resource on the website and they should look it up. <laughs> John, yeah, that's a very good, a very good answer. It is, but it is very useful. But, and, yeah. and my biggest piece of advice is work with good people. Just you know, totally. If you're interested in casting, make make a note who's casting what. Yeah, I it's, always say that. Yeah. The, the, you know, British TV the, the, has so many casting directors. Just watch a good piece of Sunday night television. Make a note of who casts yeah. it, and just make sure that you know who those people are. Because yeah. Um, and they're the people you should write to. Yeah, I always say that. And that it's it's also really useful when you... It's just so basic, really. When you write to someone, say, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. your piece or the casting that you did in... Blah, and it just... I yeah. think it, it shows that you've... You're like, you know, you're making making note of things. It's, and sure. it, it's an area of expertise. I, I genuinely didn't believe I was a casting director probably until about 12 years into my career. I mean, until I got to <laughs> Because it's, it takes a long time, really, to get the confidence of your knowledge, I think, and to think, I do know most actors. I do have a good, strong taste. Yeah. It, and I never quite believed... That. <laughs> 
although I may have been this person at one point, the young, pushy, young person who says, I am a casting director, because it's impossible to have that amount of knowledge, that depth of knowledge, um, instantly. So go and work with really good people. Mm. But remember that you, you know, the casting director is the expert in the room on acting. Mm. So, you know, I, am, I think I'm good at it, because where most 15-year-old boys were interested in football or cricket, I was interested in actors at the RSC. Yeah. And I, saw, yeah. I went to school an hour away from the RSC, and I saw every production there over yeah. a five-year period. So I just became a kind of geek about actors. And that's, that's where that knowledge sits. And, and mm. so, you know, if you, you're serious about being a casting director, learn who people are, make notes, see everything totally. on screen, on mm. stage, yeah. and, and then you've got that knowledge. But it's the only way you can But also, when, you, when you're asked who are your favourite actors... It's not about picking famous ones. I mean, by all means, yes, of course, you should have a couple of famous actors, you know, that yeah, you really admire. You but it would be much more helpful if you, you know, if you're coming to see me and I, I say, you know, who, who do you admire? If you pick somebody uh, who is not yet at the peak, you know, number yeah. one on IMDb list of famous people, yeah. but somebody who's on the up that you've spotted that you think really has something interesting. Because that's then proves to us that you're actually, you know... Taking just note. Taking note, not just watching yeah. EastEnders or... And then the, the quality of your work will show in the, in the middle of the company, you know. The, the, it's mm. not just about the leads in that show. Certainly, Janine can speak... It's so not about the leads, because the producers will do that. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's about the quality of, of actors throughout the company, and um, that's where you... That's where the, the knowledge that you have as a casting director is just in, invaluable, really. But that's what I think also directors and other casting directors and agents look at um, when they're thinking about you know, which casting director to approach for a particular thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm always rather touched when I get an email from another casting director who's just seen a show of mine who says, terrific cast. Mm-hmm. And it's usually about a bigger cast. Or so, you know, it's, the, it's not just about, you know, isn't it amazing you've got that A-lister. Yeah. Um, it's about... Find yeah, everybody else. Yeah. I, I always get that's where I get casting envy is when I go, I'd never have thought about her for that part. And it's so <laughs> brilliant. It's yeah. such a clever idea. Uh, and, casting envy, yeah. I like that. I've never heard that before. I'm gonna borrow that. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask you one more question? And it's about the other side of like for actors and how they approach casting directors. Because it's, a, good it's question. a really really useful. I mean uh, you know, I've I kind of hold casting directors in absolute high regard and I, I always thank I always send a postcard if I'm on something I will send a postcard to the casting director saying thank you so much here I am and um, I think it's really important that the relationship is maintained between performer and casting director um, I always look up the casting director's previous work as well before I go and meet them because I think it informs something but is there is there anything, just a, a final kind of piece of advice you could possibly give to that performer who's going, who may be nervous about meeting someone who's cast RSC for years and is, is doing a, a plethora of shows and, and who runs the casting at a, at a theatre, an established theatre? Is there, is there a piece of advice? There are a few things. There are a few little things I would say. One is, if you're, if, you're, if you're in the room, if we've invited you in, then you are potentially the answer to our problem. We are on your side. We want you to do well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, of course, that you you will be nervous, but that you know we are trying to make things uh, easier for you and for you to do well. That's the most important thing to remember in terms of keeping in touch with people. 
yes, keep in touch, but write when there's something to say. Mm. Don't become a stalker. Um, and, uh, you know, don't, don't, I don't think there is any point in, I'm afraid, I, I get so many emails saying, yeah. hello, you don't know me, but I'm an actor, please think of me when you're next casting. I don't, that's not the way I work. I tend yeah. to work from actors that I know or that I have some experience. I don't mean only actors I've ever yeah. met because obviously we're trying to find new people all the time, but people that I have some experience of, that I have seen them in something on the screen, on the stage, whatever it might be, uh, or there may be something about their CVs which particularly appeals for whatever reason. Yeah. But getting somebody in just from a speculative email like that happens very rarely. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're not... The other thing to remember is, you know, yes, we've been doing this a long time. Um, but we're just as nervous as, of getting it right and not, you know, we want the people to come in to be right mm-hmm. and not look a fool in front of our director. Um, and we're very approachable, most of us, you know. I don't... I don't yeah, completely. We want to look good. <coughs> it's actors yeah. like casting places. Exactly, good. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we need you to be good. My, my, my advice is what you were saying, actually, which um, John, which is about preparation. And um, yeah. if you're worried about nerves, um, and if you want to give yourself a, an advantage in a competitive field, it, you know, the, it, to know the material well, to know the context of the production, to know a bit about the director and a bit about um, what maybe the casting director as well, is you know vital. And we'll get, we'll, you'll have a bit of security and it will help with the nerves if you think, no, I do, I'm prepared for this. It's hard because as much as, as we really do try, and I know there's a huge, there's quite a, a big conversation at the moment around the amount of time actors are given to prepare, um, but we try, certainly in the theatre, to get, because often you have to read the whole play and that mm-hmm. takes time. We try very hard to give you as much notice as possible. But, you know, we're all working with terribly busy directors. Who some, you know, recently I had a director who flew in from Canada for one Sunday's work and then out again at very short notice. And that's the only, that's the only time you've got to meet. So when those scripts and, and pages come in, you know, you've got to, you do have to spend a bit of time getting prepared on them. And it's the ones who are who get the jobs. So, you know, it, I would important. absolutely... I mean, my big thing is always read the play. You yeah. won't necessarily get the option on a film or a telly because they won't send you the play. Yeah. But for mm-hmm. a theatre job, it's so important to read mm-hmm. the whole play. Mm-hmm. And just on the preparation time, of course we want to give you as much time as we can to prepare. I would love to set up every audition session with two weeks' notice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that way because the directors don't necessarily tell you uh, or be, you know, but there are huge numbers of reasons why things happen at the last minute. But one of the pleas that I would make to the acting fraternity is please understand that one sometimes the reasons that you're called in at the last minute is because somebody else who has had the script for a week or ten days tells you they don't want to come in twenty four with twenty four hours notice, yeah. and it's such a waste of everybody's time. Because it's a waste of the director's time. I need to fill that slot because I got the director only for that thing. Yeah. I need yeah. them to be to have a full session, and it puts somebody else at such a disadvantage yeah. because they haven't had the time to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. So please, actors, if you're not going to come in for a job, please give us as much notice as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Jimmy can be more right about that. And, and yeah. again, to talk about a hot topic. Um, often we're not able to tell you you haven't got the job yet because we're still waiting on an offer to be accepted. And remember that there are some actors you can take. 
I'm currently sitting on an offer that's now six weeks old wow. for that to be decided, and there are people waiting to hear that decision. So wow. there, there are many reasons why we can't come back to you yet. Yeah, and from I'd love to say as well that I think it's really important that the thing that I've been found most uh, I've been most pleasantly surprised about is that all our members love actors. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of actors think that casting directors are against them, but actually they're mostly people that don't want to be heard and shout out, but actually they are really great people supporting actors, fighting for their cause, and they don't advertise what they've done. But if, if only the actors could hear casting directors when they get together and how wonderfully supportive they are yeah. about actors. I think it's been... I, I love that. I love our, our job is to be an advocate often for actors in yeah. the process. Yeah. Um, and whether that's as simple as an actor who I know is not a strong auditioner yeah. who needs three, four weeks rehearsal, who needs a discussion with the director to get to a fantastic performance. And I will, you know... You got to know when, but I'm very happy to put, stick my foot in, and 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 fight for a, an actor within that process. And it can be more global, so it can be about protecting actors' rights within, you know, contracting or salary or, um, you know, all sorts of areas. And actually, um, casting directors are often the best advocates for that. One more thing I would just say is remember that if you didn't get a part, yeah. it's not necessarily that uh, uh, you screwed up or anything like that I remember doing some recalls on a job a while ago when the actors were recalled with somebody who was already cast and at the end of the session she was going but they're all so good and it was the first time I think she'd been involved in a discussion with a casting director and a director about the relative merits of half a dozen people uh, who could all have played the part it was more a question of which was the best one to play the part, the most right one, yeah. not only sort of empirically, if there is such a thing, but also opposite her. Yeah. So we don't try and get in six actors and only one of them is going to be any good. We try and get in six actors who will be able to play it and give the director the best possible choice. And then we'll fight for our whatever our instinct might be. Um, you know, but if you don't get the job, it's not because you can't do it or because somebody was even necessarily a better actor than you. Yeah. They were just the right, the, mo- the more right in that particular production at that particular time. Brilliant. Often. Guys, thank you so much. You guys have taken so much of your time. That was so good. Thank, thank you, you John. Thank you. Thank you. Sophie Hallett, Jenny Schiller, and Alistair Coomer there, members of the Casting Directors Guild. Now, before we wrap up, if you are a theater professional, as I mentioned, and you want to join the network built by theater professionals for theater professionals, a a network that's growing every day, head over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free Curtain Call Pro account with just an email and make up a cool password. Uh, You can also follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, where you will find updates and, you know, exclusive photos and news stories. Uh, Just follow us on those socials at Curtain Call. That's the uh, both words, no spaces, lowercase. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. And if you can, spare a minute and go to iTunes and rate and review us. It really, really does help. I know everyone says this on podcasts, but the 
they say it because it actually uh, happens. If you can rate and review us, gives us more exposure. We rise up the rankings and more people know about us. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Jenny Schiller, Sophie Hallett, and especially Al Coomer. Al, break legs on your new adventure. I can speak for all of us at Curtain Call when I say that we are absolutely excited to see the talent you will no doubt bring to the national for many years to come. Congratulations on your appointment. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.